The MyMac Podcast is sponsored by Otherworld Computing. Visit them at MacSales.com or call them at 1-800-275-4576. Listening to another great podcast on the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast number 501, Mittens. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Starting the the next 500 shows, the next 500 shows. Think about that for a minute. Eat a cane. <laughs> yeah, and that voice you heard is obviously is uh, not uh, not Guz or Gaz. Uh, that was uh, Owen Rubin, who I uh, saw while I was at MacWorld. It was great to see you there, Owen. It's been a long time. Yeah, good to see you yeah. as well. Thanks Ga- for inviting me along while. Gaz is on holiday. Yeah, he, he well, wasn't is, he on holiday for two weeks while you were in MacWorld. <laughs> uh, yeah, but well, it depends on what you mean by holiday. You know, ah. I mean, there's holiday where you go to the beach or you do, you know, other fun things that you do when you're not at work. And then there's the holiday you get when you don't have to record with me every week. Ah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one he had while I was at MacWorld. <laughs> of course, everybody else had to suffer through. But uh, yeah, Gaz got a break there. <laughs> You so, been doing that for how long? I heard your your show five hundred last oh, week. That was nice, so nice job. so much fun, and that was actually uh, for people who haven't who haven't heard that one yet. Go back, go back, and get that one. That oh, was actually the very first time that uh, all five. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. All five. Me too. Former uh, full time, and by full time, I just mean you know <laughs> there almost every single week. Uh, mymac.com podcast uh, oh, hosts yeah. had all gotten together. Now, yeah, it was very cool to hear you guys all at the same time. That was very fun. It really well, was. And, well, and the, the the linchpin to all that was Tim, of course. Now, Tim has, of course, he he does Tech Fan every week with David, and he started the MyMac podcast with Chad Chad Perry, right? Uh, but I don't, th- and well, and of course, he and I had you know podcasted for a very very long time. I don't think he had ever done a podcast with gas so oh, that may have okay. been the first time that that tim on you know now he's talked to gas obviously right. because he was the one tim was the one that got uh gas and i together well i remember when when uh tim was going to stop doing this and, and I, you were talking about that in the podcast that, and you're saying okay guy you're going to do it on your own and you're like ah! yeah <laughs> and it said like now what do i do well and, like, and it's so and i can completely relate <laughs> I, you know, I've been I've been podcasting uh, in various ways, means, and forms since like 2005. When I was I was you know I, we went all over this last week when I was doing the the, the dashboard minute segments, mm-hmm. and that was relatively easy because I would <clears throat> I type it all out and I'd read it and uh, you know usually screw up in one way or another. And, and, but, and it, I have to go listen to one of those. Did it sound like you were reading it? Of course it did. Okay. It very much sounded like I was reading. There was no spontaneity at all with the dashboard minute. It'd be like, and if you want to get this widget, 
you need to go to iTunes and get it from the developer who oh. is and you know whatever whatever whoever the developer was there there wasn't this this uh, I'm going to play off the next thing that that Owen or Gas says or what Tim says none of that it was it was completely scripted and and read and um, I, I still need to go back through uh, all my various recordings and and you know maybe I'll I'll look for that because I, I know I've got it in iTunes uh, that. The like minute and a half that I talked about that I had screwed up and had sent to, to yeah, Chad. Yeah, I would love you for that. That would be fantastic. Oh, <laughs> and it was so it was so funny when they did because I I literally sent it to him thinking that they would just think it was funny. I I never really thought that they would but actually play it. It's well, that's Tim. true. I should have known better. Tim has you know I love Tim. He's a great guy, but he has the most wicked dry sense of humor in the world and you have to remember that <laughs> if you well, give him an opening he will find some he will find a way to make it funny well but, uh, speaking speaking of tim and speaking of the the mac world expo um were you there and i i don't remember if we talked about this last week uh it was it was a number of years ago and uh bill palmer was at the mac world expo and i think it was the first year that i met um uh, Christina, who okay. has repped, uh, she's she's married. She's getting ready to have her first child. And Christina, if you're listening, I am so so sorry. I can't remember your last name, um, but I have seen her in every single Mac World, and I saw her uh, this year with her husband. And she's she's like she's out to here. She's like pregnant. They're about to have their first child, and congrats. And she was there repping for a company at oh, Mac World, and I couldn't year. believe. Yeah, this year. Okay. But what was fun, the first year I met her, um, she came over into the press room, even though, you know, developers, not developers, um, like, you know, uh, company reps and all that weren't right. really supposed to go unless they were invited. Right. They're there. For, if you're there for an interview. Right. Right. So, well, we, we brought her into the press room and we were all just kind of sitting around one of the tables and uh, Bill Palmer got up to to go do something. I don't remember what it was. Uh, Bill Palmer from uh, uh, iProng. Right. And uh, he asked if we could watch his laptop. And we were like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So he leaves. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, Tim is like, hey, let's do something. And, and this, this, is, this, is what, this is the way Tim thinks sometimes. So I was like, okay, what do you want to do? He said, I'm, I'm going to take, you know, we're going to take a, a screenshot or a, a picture and, and put it on his desktop. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, it was like, okay. So uh, uh, Chris wanted to be involved too. So the three of us sat around uh, Bill Palmer's laptop and took a picture of us, like, sticking out our tongues and, and shooting him the bird and all the rest of this. And and Tim put it on his desk. It was like his desktop picture and got rid of everything else so that there wouldn't be anything blocking it and then closed it. And the three of us just kind of sat there waiting for Bill to come back. So Bill finally comes back, and, and we're all, like, trying not to laugh. And we're just having like a typical regular conversation. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, well, uh, did you check out this booth? And blah, blah, blah. And then Bill opens up his laptop and he goes, he brings his fingers to the keyboard. He's just about to type when he stops. And he looks at the screen and he's like, you bastards. I can't believe it. I just cannot believe that you did that. Uh, I'm wondering if he still has the image. Uh, if he doesn't, I think I do somewhere. Because I, I remember, I saw, you know, I should um, I should find it and post it on Google Plus. Well, you know, in lousy desktop tricks, you you don't, can't do it so much on uh, OS ten, but in OS nine, the desktop top 
trick we used to play is we had a photo of um it was a screen screen desktop picture of like a thousand garbage cans the the trash can oh no okay and so what you do is you repu- you take the guy's trash can on OS9 you move it to the middle of the screen somewhere over one of the images so when you turn it on there are there are just a screen full of trash cans and your <laughs> trash can is hidden amongst them that was a, one of the tricks we used to play on people who leave their machines unlocked yeah or you I do bet, the same thing I bet with you any made other lots icon. of friends doing that <laughs> yeah or you do that with any other icon you know you snapshot <laughs> Snaps out the, the the hard drive icon, and there's 500 of them on the screen. Well, and, you know, it turns out the easiest way is to say, we find out you say command all, and only the real ones light up. But that was all. It used to look on people's face, and they go, oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something I used to hear about people doing was they would they would take a picture of their regular desktop and put right. that down there and then uh, get rid of, of all the other icons. So when, right. when they sat down in front of their computer, they, they, you know, they'd be double-clicking this icon or double-clicking the image of their hard drive, and nothing would be happening because, of course, it's not really connected. It's not really there. there. That's right. It's, it's not really there. It's just a picture. You can't. It doesn't quite work as well on OS X because there's other ways, easier ways around it. But on OS, I, the what made me think think of that is lately in weirdness is here, uh, and a, and a shout out to Tim again and and uh, John Nemo. Right. John did a interview of of came into my office one of the times he was here in the Bay Area, and he took a bunch of pictures. And I got a call last week, and the guy says, "Hey, do you want to sell that clear portable that's sitting up there?" So I'm actually shipping it to the guy next a clear week. Clear portable. So um, in at Apple, when we were in the engineering, they would make about ten items um, in clear plastics. Oh, so you can see the insides and, you can and see how do it all like fit together, and, and you can all the rest check things out. Um, and then isn't, isn't the, that how you test the fans too? Test the fit. I mean, test a whole bunch of things. You can see how right. things work in there. You can, and you know, you see the inside of the unit. How does everything fit? Are things moving? You know, and and they were also very cool. And so this guy, this 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 young kid and his dad called from a place called the Apple Orchard, uh, where he, and if you have to go to his website, I'll have to find it for you. Well, it's if you there. just Google Apple Orchard, I'm sure it would show up. Huh? <laughs> Apple Orchard, yeah. It's it's an amazing collection. Uh, this guy. This guy's this this man and his this and his son have an amazing collection of old Macs, just phenomenal, uh, and old Apple parts and Apple stuff. And he just said he called me and said, "Oh, I want it." And I, you know, I've been collecting dust here. So what it was is, um, so when they were all done with the project, the engineers who worked on it, you know, if you wanted one, you say, "Hey, I want one." Sometimes they'd have a drawing if there was too many people. So I had the first luggable. We're talking about the Mac, the original Mac Portable. It weighed. With the carrying case and the battery, it weighed about 19 pounds. Yeah. Did I, did I ever tell you where I first saw a Mac portable? No. It was not in the United States. Is that right? Yeah. It was yeah. in Dakar, Senegal, in the west coast of Africa. Really? Yeah. In, wow. I, uh, what year was that? I can't remember what year it was. Well, I but think there were 1989 is when they came out. No, it was before then, I think, wasn't it? Was it? I thought it was 1989 or 88. Because uh, I did that job from 85 to 91. I, I thought it was late in the 80s. Uh, maybe it was 88. I joined Apple in 87, and they, and they were working on it because I got to join the project to help on a few things. Okay. Uh, and I remember I used to carry one. so I, And I can remember this. my shoulder still hurts when I think about it. Fly, I used to have to fly for Apple to go to different places, and I would carry the luggable. Uh, it was over my shoulder. Now we got 19 pounds in this gigantic black case 
And I remember my flight was late and I had to run through Chicago airport from oh, one end to the other, carrying this luggable over my shoulder. But this will tell you how times have changed. You could get on a United flight and put this thing that is the width of a, of a keyboard, a large keyboard, but it had a keyboard and a trackball and it was a full size oh, yeah. built into the unit. So it's, I don't know, how wide would that be? 12 inches wide, 14 inches wide? I mean, huge. And, and it was big. And it could fit on the tray table without a problem. Well, do you, you remember like the, the first so-called portables from like Compact? Compact, it, yeah. It had, it was basically, yeah, well, it was basically like about the size of, of a full desktop computer. Yeah, and then there was, there was, like a, a, there was like a keyboard that That's you right. would disconnect from like the top end of it. And then yeah, you'd the, have the you'd have like a little uh, I think it was like a six or seven inch green screen monitor. That's right. That was built in. I mean, it was just so so bad. So when Apple but, came know, out with theirs, it was like whoa. It, hey, it was considered the- small. It was considered small for the time. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he saw that in in Nemo's uh, pictures. Right. And contacted uh, Tim and John, and they sent the message on to me, and. Uh, a lot, you know, two people actually called almost at the same time, which is weird. Uh, but this, I'm going to send it to this one guy. He's a collector of this stuff, and he's like, they're jazzed to have it. And unfortunately, the hard drive is dead in it, but the laptop still boots. You put a floppy in, and it boots up and it runs, and uh, which is very cool. I mean, it, what, I, what size was the hard drive? Because uh, it, it was running what system yeah. six or seven? Well, six oh five is what I think I had on the last one, but it, yeah, because I think that was the last one that those could run. It isn't the problem of what size the hard drive is. Is that it had a special hard drive in it? It was it. I assumed it was SCSI because everything was SCSI in those days. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. But it had the cable was physically attached to the drive. Okay, it didn't have a pull off connector. Oh wow! And it was a different size ribbon connector that plugged into the connector on the board on the inside. <laughs> of course it was. So you can't. Yeah, of course it was. So you can't just take a hard drive. So I I've included the drive with him. It's disconnected right now. The other thing is the drive that was in there took so much power to start up that you couldn't start the machine with just the power brick. The battery had to be charged because the uh, current it would pull when the hard drive started up was so high that if you did just had the power adapter in and no no battery, it would it would crash. It would pull too much power. <laughs> Imagine somebody in the same office building sees their lights dim. They're like, what? <laughs> well, the screen would dim. I mean, it's, it really was just like, <laughs> I start up and you go, oh, my God, the startup current on that hard drive was, you know, it was a, it's a five and a quarter inch form factor drive. Right, right. But early ones, and they were just power hungry when they started up. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is this drive now won't spin up. So it tries to spin up, so it's going, rrr, 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 rrr. and it's just like the the thing is dimming and crashing and dimming and restarting and crashing. So I've disconnected it. But uh, uh, the things that we do for convenience' sake, just to get this thing running, well, it runs. It runs with a floppy, and you know the, there is a way to connect a, I think, an external drive on it, so they can get it working, and they may be able to look at the wiring and figure out the pins. These guys look bright enough to figure that out and get it working. Uh, I thought I had an extra drive, but I think that one blew up as well. Um, but, but just weird. Yeah, but it's not thing. not exactly something that you would you would do casually. No, and then so so I said, well, what other old computers I ever? So I pulled out from under my desk uh, my LC three prototype, and something crawled into it. I don't know if it's like a, a a small bug or a lizard or something, but it it obviously died inside, and the moisture from the bug has eaten through the the circuit board. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
So there are, it, it's kind of rusted. So the, like the, there's a flash card in there because it, it was a prototype for the memory and the pins on the edge of the flash chip are gone. They just rusted away. <laughs> and there's a, there's a, it looks like some bug like drilled through the power supply from the rust. I mean, I'm going to throw it out, but it was just really sad. <laughs> I hadn't pulled it out from under my desk like in probably four years. Uh, and when I pulled it out, I'm like, what happened to that thing? Well, um, <laughs> so, something else to talk about. A weird digression. I, I just got off the phone a little while ago with uh, my brother Bill. I was helping him now with the whole uh, heart heartbleed thing, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> um, he he wanted to finally set up a uh, uh, password manager system. So I was like, ah. okay, well the the one that most people or it seems to be the easiest to deal with is one password. There's just one little problem. He's running 10.6. He's running Snow Leopard. And he doesn't want to update, you know, because I mean, really the, the, the easy answer is, well, if you're running Mavericks, there's a, there's a password manager that's built right in the Mavericks, but he doesn't. One password is fantastic. It is. It is. It's a software I've used in a long time. But he doesn't want to update from 10.6 because he's got a bunch of Adobe products uh, that that you know, ten six was kind of the cutoff on, and I'm oh, talking about stuff from like CS two or something along those lines. Yep. So yeah, so I was helping him helping him deal with that. Now, wait a minute, I, got, I have a question for you. Sure. So recently, the App Store started this thing that if you can't run the latest version, they give you access to the previous versions. It's up to the developer to put them up there. Right. But is does one password have the previous versions available? Uh, I don't know. I know those guys. I mean, I'm happy to give them a call. Well, I sent I sent uh, through my through my brother. Uh, I, I sent them an email because you know okay. he was like, "Oh, this is great. I, I want to buy this." But when you Agile, go when you go to the store from yeah, when you go to the Agile Bit store and you go to buy it, it's talking about version four, whereas the one that he's downloaded and has working is like three point eight point you know whatever. Right. And he can't go to four because you need either. Um, I think you need lying. You need at least 10.7 yeah. to run four. The, the latest one requires, yeah, I was just trying to see if I could look it up while you were saying that. Right. But so, and he, he, he can't run, so he can't run four and have it work. And he uh, wants to buy it, but he, you know, I was kind of hesitant to have him put in all of his, you know, credit card information and stuff and get a license for version four that won't work with version three. I think they still have, if I remember correctly, you can still get the older version from them. Yeah, well, we downloaded it from the site. Oh, from the site. Okay, cool. But when you go to uh, when you go to preferences within one password and you hit you know purchase, it comes oh, up talking about version four, and oh, everything on the so site you, is talking about version four. Yeah, as you, far you as send purchasing. them a, you send support an email. They're pretty good. They respond within a couple of days max, and they're pretty good at it. I'm sure they'll sell you a license key for the older version. Yeah, well, yeah. that that's what that's what I sent them an email asking for. They still seem to support it. Yeah, well, hey, a lot of people don't want to go up from 10.6. Yep. Even though Apple I know, no I, longer I think updates my, it. My major power, MacBook Pro will probably stay at, at the version it is now because like, like you were just explaining, I have CS6 on there, the last version of that that I've owned. Um, and I'm not a fan of renting software. I, I, I get why companies are doing this. It, it completely... It kills it, pirating. It, Kills pirating completely, and I get that. Okay, yeah. although I'm not convinced it kills pirating, but it makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah, okay? for the uh, average person that would pirate software, it kind of kills it. 
But Adobe's protection was pretty good. It was hard to get, you know, you really had to like disconnect the network and do all sorts of things. If you put a bat, a, a, someone else's serial number in, it just wouldn't work. Right. Well, but, and, you know, and, and let me talk about that for a second. Sure. Um, when Adobe came out with their, their uh, creative cloud instead of the CS stuff, uh, I, I was really uh, unhappy. Now, I, I typically just use uh, Photoshop elements and Premiere elements because my, my needs are, are relatively simple along those lines. I don't need uh, the, the full version of Adobe's, Adobe's products. And from looking at the uh, – like how much it costs for the full suite – Oh, it's expensive, it, isn't it? Like two two hundred bucks or something like that a month. Well, no, it's, I think if you want the whole Creative Cloud suite, it's something like forty bucks a month. Forty bucks a month. I think it is. I'm, I'm while you're talking, I'm looking. Okay. Uh, while you're looking, because I think it was. I think if you want everything, now let's be honest. Maybe you don't need everything. Yeah, but the way they've know. got it set up is, if you just want like two or three of the programs, that ends up costing more than getting the whole suite. Creative Cloud membership US forty nine ninety nine per month. Okay, so it's fifty bucks per month. So that's six hundred dollars a year. That's now, a lot. It is a lot. Now wait, but but Creative Suite, let's 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 do the roll the numbers. Creative Suite used to cost about sixteen hundred bucks, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, so it's the equivalent of like three years to pay for. Well, actually, it was more than that. I think it was like twenty three hundred. Was it? Yeah. Oh, for the for the big one. Okay. For the Master Suite. But so you can get like Photoshop. I'm trying to think if you just wanted Photoshop. Photoshop like, is just twenty dollars a month. Right. Okay. But that's almost that's. Oh, Photoshop like, Elements is uh, a Photoshop Elements. You can still Photoshop, yeah, you can still get Photoshop Elements and okay. Premiere Elements as a right. you know a full program that you don't you know that well, you know, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So. Well, the the thing I was going to bring up now, recently Microsoft came out with uh, Office for the iPad. Yeah, it was and, Office 365. Right? Yeah, through Office 365. And for those people who haven't, who you know, are still kind of wondering about it, Office for the iPad is awesome compared to a lot of the other solutions. To but you have to have a 365 subscription. You do have to have a 365, and it costs a hundred dollars a year. A year, which is which is a reasonable price. But there's more to it than that. That hundred dollars okay. a year gets you. Five licenses. You can have this on five different computers, five oh. different users. Wow. Okay. Plus, it's twenty or thirty gigs of storage in uh, OneDrive. How much? Twenty to thirty gigs, something like that. It's either twenty uh, of, or of thirty. Of SkyDrive, right? Of, uh, well, it's OneDrive now. OneDrive. Oh, they changed the name. Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But honestly, for a hundred dollars a year. You have a, a continuously updated version of Microsoft Office, and uh, this is more important if you're like me and, and you know there are four people in this family, and we've got four different computers plus my iPad. Well, there's there's five licenses right there. Right, right. So that's pretty impressive for that price. That for a hundred bucks, and, and that is the kind of pricing that uh, I think Adobe should have gone to. Uh, not so, so much the single user plus $600 a year um, unless you're using these programs all the time and for or for business or for business. Well, in which case you're using them all the time. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure there's like volume discounts and, and all the rest of that. Well, there is, a, I see a creative cloud membership. Um, 
which uh, a creative team. He says creative cloud for teams is seventy dollars per month, and it's five licenses. Okay, now see at seventy dollars a month for five licenses, eight hundred and sixty, eight hundred forty dollars a year. Yeah, but that's for five people, right? Which isn't bad. Here's the part that bugs me. Okay, okay? I would I would sign up for the cloud in a heartbeat. If when I decided I didn't, so so let's let's talk about the flip side of the uh, of the equation. If you're on a if you're a cloud member, mm-hmm. you constantly you constantly get updates. Everything's kept brand new, right? They make fixes and changes everything, and you just get them automatically because they come from the cloud. Um, and you get some other benefits, so you you don't have to update, you don't have to run things, you don't have to check it, you don't take up a lot as much space on your hard drive. I mean, there's a bunch of things <clears throat> that you can say. Here's why this looks good. Okay, so I get that. But the minute you stop paying your monthly fee and say, well, I can't afford this anymore, you don't have the software at all. Nope. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat if when I stopped paying, I could pay something to freeze at the version I'm at. Yeah. Well, see, the problem with that is people would get it for a month. No, you have to pay something depending on how long you've been a member for. Oh, well, I, I don't think Adobe's thought that would, would, would have thought of that much of it. Like all the way through, I think I, about I, like the old way of buying a cell phone, right? You know, you you have to pay for it for two years, right? But if you want to stop paying for two years, you can just buy out your contract. So, yeah. And I think also after so many months, you, the older version should just be included for you now. You know, if I've paid for three years, I shouldn't have to. You know, if I want to say I don't want upgrades anymore, I should just get, get just be able to freeze yes, what I got. Yeah, stay where you're at. And that's the part that bothers me. If I stop paying, everything I own is dead now. And I can't do anything, at least with software I purchased, like I'll keep my MacBook Pro at a particular version of Mac OS X because it's got CS6 on it. And I'll just use it like that until it, it just gets to the point where I can't use it anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, but so that's what bugs me about renting software. I, I, I think at Microsoft's got the right idea. I think the cloud, their uh, 365 thing is, is a reasonable, excuse me, reasonably priced product. I'm just not happy with it. Well, Adobe's prices have always bugged me. And uh, they've always been very, very expensive. Now they're incredibly good products, but they're and they're industry expensive. standards also. And they're industry standards, and sadly, there's no one who does anything like them anymore. I used to have a, a well. Old- it depends on, on what part it is you're talking. If you want to do something like Photoshop, there's Pixelmator, there's Acorn. You know, I mean, there's <clears throat> they're not as they're not as good. They're no, good, and as- and they don't. Like if if you and I I, can't, I guess I can't really say this with any real authority, but if you create something in Pixelmator and you save it as a um, what is it PSD file, yes, and you send that to somebody that has Photoshop, chances are there's going to be some differences, yeah, in the PSD file between yeah. uh, the the two programs that you know there'll be you know differences <laughs> enough to where there's not like true cross cross program compatibility perfectly you're right yeah and it's yeah the uh people who shoot in raw you know photoshop is pretty much the the fact standard now to go to so oh well anyway i I, adobe listen up you know better pricing for for individuals who aren't doing business with it you know they need a consumer version and they need a a professional version and i get why they want to charge professionals more everybody charges professionals more but it's their pricing just i'm not in creative cloud and 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 i've had i've bought many of their products and i just cannot make that jump but thank you for the thing on 365 i try to figure out to myself now why why should i switch now 
Because I think I have – what's the last one they came out with for Mac? 2011. 2011, yeah. Which was not a bad product. I mean I right. still use it. Well, and that's still the one that, that, that you get is the one from oh, okay. 2011. But they are getting ready to update it. Yeah. So and, that's, uh, that's a reason. Uh, getting off that soapbox and real quick because <laughs> this segment is running like super long. Um, now, the, the second part – everybody that's listening, the second part of this show isn't going to be Owen and me. It's going to be uh, – I'm hoping – most of the uh, leftover interviews, and and that's not to say that the people we interviewed that, that their products you know weren't great, just that there's you know other other stuff going on. So it's gonna be Gus on the uh, on the Mac. Yeah, Mac, yeah, we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to that in just a second. <laughs> so yeah, the second part of the show is gonna be a, a bunch of those interviews, and uh, the the last part of the show will will you know Owen and I will be doing uh, you know the. the the typical stuff that guys and I do on a week-to-week basis. Okay, like, yeah. we'll okay. right back. Yeah. <laughs> the words of Mars Bonzer. Well, not yet, not yet. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about Macworld, Macworld uh, real quick. And one of the things that, that um, I had forgotten when we did Show 500 was uh, why I was Gus <laughs> and uh, you were Opie. Opie. So go ahead and tell that story. So I – when I was walking around the floor, I want, walked into the Appalooza. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Know. Well, sorry. Um, we just, we, uh, Dave Hamilton calls it Tiny Town. Tiny Town. Okay. Well, I walked into Tiny Town. So for those who haven't seen the show or seen of our pictures, and, I, and I'm still due to post on, on my Mac. I'm late. Um, tax time has been hell. Anyway, I, I walked up to this one guy. Oh, this is a very cool product. And he looked at my badge and he goes, oh, mymac.com. He says, uh, one of your guys just came by and did an interview for me earlier today. And I said, well, who was that? He goes, Gus. I said, oh, you mean Guy? He goes, no, 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 Gus. <laughs> he was like, he insisted it was Gus. And I said, I said, Guy Searle, yeah, kind of tall guy. And he says, yeah, Gus, that's him. <laughs> so Insistent. I couldn't stop laughing at this because he was just insisting it was Gus. So I walked back into the into the uh, press room and you were sitting there and I said, oh, hey, Gus, how's it going? And then I explained to you why. Well, you immediately called me Opie. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so from that moment on, the whole show, we were calling each other Gus and Opie. Yeah. Okay. I could, when we did show 500, I could not remember uh, the, the sequence of yeah, events. It was, I can't remember which booth it was, but the guy was so sure that your name was Gus that he kept, he, I mean, he insisted. He was like looking for the card to prove it to me. Well, maybe, maybe it was, or maybe it, I don't know. Do you have a card that says Gus and you didn't know uh, that? No, but it sounds like I have to get one now. Yeah, <laughs> your twin, your evil twin brother. My evil twin brother Gus. Yeah, he has hair though. That's son of a. Anyway, <laughs> um, something else that and a uh, beard, and a beard, and, and a, a beard. beard. Well, actually, I just shaved off my beard and mustache, so I'm actually clean That's what shaved. You said. Right so now. he's got to have the beard, right? Yeah. Oh, oh no, the goatee. He's got to have the goatee, the spotlight right. goatee, the spotlight goatee. Right. Right. So he'll you be the evil, your... the evil mirror universe guy. You have to update your. Uh... Your Skype picture, though, because you still have your beard there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Macworld, uh, Macworld this year was it was I really had a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. It was uh, a fun show. One thing that did kind of bother me. And then uh, once we're I, I mean, this honestly, folks, we, we've gone so long here. I don't we don't really have time to talk about Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter. I mean, there's so much stuff Sorry in there. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Believe me, I, it, we've had a good time. We're having a good time just yakking back and forth. Is um, oh, I just lost my whole train of thought. Well, you're talking just, about MacWorld and things that. that so I have oh, to. Oh, something, I, something that really kind of bothered me and kind of makes me nervous about the future of the show. Me, it size me almost 
torpedoing <laughs> a sponsor. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, let me tell that story real quick. Um, when Owen first came in, uh, I, now, of course, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Otherworld Computing. Uh, please go to maxsales.com or call them at 703 Oh. Darn it. He forgot the phone number. I forgot the phone number. I never call them. I always go on their website, which is, although don't be confused, Otherworld Computing, it's maxsales.com. Right. And you'll always type otherworldcomputing.com and it won't go there. Uh, Maxsales.com. Right. And it's 1-800-275-4576. That's their number that you can call for live support or 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 sales sales products. 815-338-8685. I've never called that number. I always like the 800 number. Uh, but they're a if great company. Talk, if you have free long distance. <laughs> yeah, well, you can call them on Skype, I guess, over that. And they have 24-7 live chat. Uh, I really like the way the site is laid out, depending on what it is you're looking for, whether it's it's memory or, uh, or hard drives or hard drive enclosures, laptops, iDevices, software, accessories. It's all laid out in such a way on the website that makes it really, really easy to find. So please um, support so the, other world computing because they were kind enough to support me at the Mac World Expo. The story I always tell about them is um, a friend of mine asked how I upgraded the memory in my laptop. Right. And I said, well, I went to this site. I showed it to her. She's not computer savvy or anything. She was always she's really nervous about doing herself. She and her husband both wanted to upgrade their machines. I said, no, seriously, order it from here. It, it, it comes with everything, including the tools to open the machine and pictured instructions, and you can always call them and they'll walk you through it. Or, and they were or nervous they'll, have, they'll even have videos on videos, how to do it. Videos, right. And they were nervous as can be about doing it. And I, so I, I sat with them, we ordered it. And then about a week and a half later, they called and they go, oh my God, was that so simple? They even came with all the tools. So I, it's, it, you, and you don't have to be a tech-savvy person to do an upgrade. These guys make it easy. And, and I'm not just saying that because they're your sponsor, but because... Right. Well, the you didn't, you didn't, get, you didn't get anything out of it. They, they sent that to me. The gaffe <coughs> I made was that I was upset that they weren't on the show floor because I had brought yeah. cash to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I was so disappointed that they weren't there. And I think I told it at the same time I was complaining why wasn't Apple and Microsoft and all those guys there. So uh, it, it came across like I was ragging on them for not supporting their customers. And I want to make sure that's not what I meant. I was upset that I couldn't spend money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really was. I always, every year when they're there, I always end up walking away with too much stuff from their booth. But, but do you remember when you came in that Thursday morning? Now, one of the things that was related to the sponsorship was I told OWC that in each podcast that I sent from Macworld that I was going to include uh, a segment talking to either Larry or somebody else from OWC, which I did do. Ah, okay. But because they weren't there at Macworld, um, I had, we had to do it over Skype. Now, you, <laughs> as you recall... Oh, that's who you I were talking to? When- yeah, I was talking to Larry. <laughs> so uh, I, I, don't, I don't actually own a Mac laptop. I was doing everything from uh, uh, my iPad and iPhone. Oh. So I had to figure out a way to record a Skype call <laughs> Via my iOS devices, and I managed to do it. And it's too, too long of a story to to tell on how I did it here. But when Owen first came in, I was talking to the CEO of Otherworld Computing <laughs> to do the, the the two or three interviews that I needed for the podcast I that, that I was created uh, for for MacWorld. 
And Owen comes in and he sits down. He's like, hey, guy, how you doing? And, and I've got headphones on and I'm, I'm talking to Larry and I'm, I'm kind of looking up at Owen like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't, well, can't but talk. You right. looked like you were just sitting there reading something on your screen. So you must have been listening to him at the time. Because I didn't realize that you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so and you just kept looking at me like, well, well, what's wrong with you? Say something, you snob. And it's like, no, it's not that. It's I'm talking to somebody. So but that's what was going on with that. So I didn't actually. uh because you, right after that, um, or before I got done, you'd gotten up and you'd gone out to the show floor. And I didn't right. see you again until the next day. Well, then the next day when we were doing the middle of the day podcast, and I, you were asking what I thought. I went, oh, I'm really disappointed. How come these companies aren't on the floor? And then <laughs> yeah. OWC's not there. And this look on your face was like, oh, my God, he's going to insult my, my <laughs> Please, please don't <laughs> kill like, my sponsor. I thought you were going to die. And, and, and I wasn't quite able to finish what I was saying because the look <laughs> on your face was just priceless. <laughs> and I got kicked under the table by something from someone else. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah but that's, you're killing him. You're killing him. Just to reiterate, it was I'm I was I was I'm bugged that with the billions of dollars that Apple has, that they don't support this show. It really bugs me. It wouldn't, co- you know, it'd be a knit in their coffers to come support the show for all their users. Yeah. Apple keeps saying, "Oh, you can see everything you want to see at an I- at an Apple store." No, wrong. Uh, you can see what Apple wants you to see at an Apple right. store. You don't get to see ninety percent of the stuff on that floor is not in an Apple store. Right. And I was disappointed that large companies like um, HP, who said that they would support it for five years after Apple left, has not. And where's Adobe with what they charge? They can afford to be there. Sure. Uh, you know, where were all the – and Canon had a little tiny booth. But yeah, at least Microsoft. Where was Microsoft? Where was Microsoft? I mean, they were having, they were having the event uh, across town with their new CEO talking about – I mean, that would have been the perfect place to roll I out. I mean, they. I am sure – that Paul Kent, who is the GM for the Macworld iWorld Expo, would have rolled out the red carpet, given yes. them the main stage, probably oh, yeah. would have given them the keynote. You're right. Absolutely. He would have given them the keynote for the uh, iOS or the Microsoft Office for iOS announcement. Yes, I agree. And then th- companies like LaCie are not there anymore. And uh, Dr. What's his name? I was Dr. Bot. Bot. They weren't there, which I mean, so I, I had a good time at the show and it was kind of interesting to see other people step forward and fill the holes. Uh, but it, it angers me a little bit that this is a show for where Mac enthusiasts want to see. Well, and iOS pop- as well. And iOS. I should say Mac. I should say Apple enthusiasts. And what we keep getting told by everybody is that Apple, Apple users spend more money than other users. And I, frankly, I look at that and said, I was ready to buy a new HP printer and right I will probably go buy a Canon just because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off enough to say, why weren't you there? Well, actually, and you know what? And at, right after, right after I finish saying this, we, we have to get out of this segment. Um, okay. The thing that really kind of uh, bugs me and, and concerns me about the future of Macworld wasn't so much uh, the, the lack of, of of big companies being there, it was the the lack of a lot of press. Press, yeah. Being there. You know, think about how empty that that media room was. It and, was. And, it was and if you go back, now you've been going to this show for a long time, as have I. Yeah. And you think back to 2007 to like 2010, you would walk into that media room. Sometimes you would have a hard time finding a place to sit. Yeah, you couldn't sit down, and and the media rooms used to be twice the size. Yeah. 
you know, when they used to have computers along the walls and so, yeah, it was, I, you're right. I was disappointed. And I, but I kind of think they're related. If you don't get the large companies, a lot of, a lot of media go, oh, this is not a serious show. It's just a bunch of hackers out there showing off your toys. And, uh, I will say that my favorite part of the show was tiny town. There was some amazing products in there, Oh yeah. which I will, I, I, when I actually get back to my computer, I have to write up my review with some pictures the little the little guys were the stars, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt. And, and I like well, that. And you know who else was there? Though uh, so they've been around for a long time. Ro, uh, Rogue Amoeba. Rogue Amoeba. Okay. Uh, they I, do I, I, Audio Hijack Pro. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, you're right. They do uh, Nice Cast. They do. I mean, a, a bunch of of great of great soft. It sounds like they're a sponsor. Um, I saw the next version that they're getting. They're going to release later in the year of Audio Hijack Pro. I wanted it right then. It was like, oh, please, you know, uh, here's my card. Please send me, send me a, a beta. You for live it. by that, yeah. Yeah, well, I use Audio Hijack Pro with this with this very podcast. And as a matter of fact, and, and I keep saying this, but we keep getting sidetracked with new stuff to talk about. Uh, I tried to do the live show yesterday, or a live show yesterday. Yeah, call and yeah. A lot of a lot of Rogue Amoeba's, uh software, like Audio Hijack Pro and Nicecast, is involved in it. And uh, I thought I had everything ready to go, everything set up. I, I, some people were kind enough to log on to uh, the website that I had set up with, with a streaming player and all the rest of that. And it was an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. I shouldn't laugh. It, uh, there was echo or stuff wasn't coming through. And, you know, uh, John Nemo had come in. And one of the things I wanted to do with this was make it so that uh, I, I have like an interactive chat room right there. So as people are listening to the show, they can make comments or ask questions, things along those lines. I also wanted to use Skype. So that if somebody had a question and at some given point when I say, okay, phone lines are open, they could either call the Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Thank you. Thank or you. they could use my Skype ID, which I'm not going to say right here uh, until I get everything all straightened out. Otherwise, I'll be inundated with only God only knows what. Um, I know could, it. I know you. Uh, I bet you're looking right at it. Uh, pe- people could contact me either through the Skype number or, or, or call in via my Skype ID or whatever. And to be able to interact with people via Skype, have them call in, ask questions. If I have a guest, they can ask the guest questions, you know, just things along those lines. Right. And just, it would be very fun to do a live show. I would love to do one with you. It's, uh, well, the, 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 problem, the problem is there's a lot of stuff to keep track of. When you're doing, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to keep track of when you're just doing a pre-recorded show like this. But when you're talking about a live show, you have to be watching the chat room. You have to be interacting with whoever it is that you have on with you. You have to you have to check and make sure because you don't want to be listening to the stream at the same time you're recording it. Because there's like a five to ten second delay. Oh, that's so difficult to deal with. Right. And one of the things that I was having problems with yesterday was not only was I getting some echo, it was usually the echo was anywhere from an eighth to a quarter of a second off. <laughs> and when that happens, you start to talk like th- this because you can't, you know, you're hearing yourself like just that quarter of a second later and your brain just kind of goes and disconnects. Well, it was not, have you ever, did you ever do radio in college or anything like that? That the old, For me, being a lot older, but... That you wear headphones. Oh, you're not that you. much older than me. 
you'd hear the, you'd hear the, I, I turned 60 this year. Okay. Well, that's like seven years. Okay. Six, seven so, years. But you would, you would have headphones on and they, they, they were, they were delayed about six seconds because there was a guy with his palm over a big red button. Yeah. In case yeah. somebody cursed or something. You cursed, you press that and it would cut, you know, that's that the, but you'd hear yourself delayed and you le- had to learn to talk without listening to yourself. Right. Right. Cause you'd say, okay, now on the show, okay, now on the show, you know, yeah. and, and, and <laughs> it was just like, you know, <laughs> ah, <laughs> so, sometimes yeah. you take them off your ears, you know, sometimes you'd only put them on when you're listening to people who would call in or other guests who weren't in the studio because it was just impossible. That's why you'd see guys with their headphones around their neck. It was right. just impossible to do that. Yeah, they just couldn't hear themselves. So I, I played around with it like all day yesterday after I finally – I ended the test with, with people. It was like, okay, you know, you guys really just don't have to sit here and listen to me going, damn it. It's not working. Son of a – So I had them all go away and I started working on it some more and uh, made some changes. And I'll probably – I don't know. I'll, I'll probably try again next weekend. So anyone who's interested, if you go to our G plus page, there's a link to uh, the, the particular page that I have set up with the streaming player. And it'll probably be along the same lines, like 3 p.m. Uh, next Saturday, which I think is the 19th. It's uh, 11 and 7, 18th. 18th, 19th. Well, today's the 13th, so that would be six oh, days. You did, on, you did it on April 12th. Sorry. Yes, you're right. 19th. Okay. 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 So that would be April 19th. And uh, I'll, I'll update either through uh, Twitter, through Mac Parrot, or through our G Plus page, maybe even in Facebook, on, on when I'm going to try again. And chances are, yes, it will be another unmitigated disaster. And what uh, cat will that be, by the way? I'm sorry? I'm sorry? What cat will that be, that show? Oh, that will be um, <laughs> Clancy. Clancy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's just what he sounded like, too, when he was alive. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get out of here because we're at, you know, we've been, we've been yakking for over 40 minutes now and we still have all those interviews to get through yeah, and the last to... section of the show. So this is going to end up being another very, very long show. Sorry about that, folks, but you'll just have to deal. <laughs> so everyone, please stand by to stand by. And yeah, hi, Ellen. Yep. Yeah, we'll be right okay. back. Stand by here. We're going to stand by here on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Need a hard drive? Otherworld Computing at MaxSales.com. How about a hard drive enclosure? Otherworld Computing at MaxSales.com. Optical drives, memory, Mac and iOS accessories. Otherworld Computing at MaxSales.com. Fantastic support, video how-tos, Otherworld Computing at MacSales.com. Think it's difficult to find the right components that will work with your Mac? OWC makes it easy to get just what you need, and you can rest easy knowing it will be exactly what works with your computer. Still unsure? Give them a call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at one 800 275 4576 and talk to their sales associates or support staff and see for yourself. That's 1-800-275-4576 or online to otherworldcomputing at maxsales.com.
excellence in mediocrity. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Okay, I'm here with Jeff from Agile Bit Software, makers of 1Password, which is a program I highly recommend and use on both my iOS and Mac devices. And uh, is, is there like something new going on with 1Password that you can tell us about today? Uh, certainly. So what we've been working on is we've been working on a couple of pretty significant releases. From a Mac side, we're working on updates, continual updates to the fairly recently released 1Password 4 for Mac. Um, We've got uh, 4.3, which will be coming out fairly soon, uh, with a number of, of uh, new features that we'll be adding to, to the Mac. But what we've been really spending a lot of time on is the update for iOS. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch of great changes in, in that one that's coming up. We've been working a, a long time on it. Probably the most obvious and visual change will be the complete restyling for iOS 7, complete with new icon. So we've been working real hard on... on updating that. But it's not just a, a reskin. It's not just uh, an update to the UI. There's actually a bunch of new functionality that's going into 1Password uh, 4.5 as well. The one that I'm most uh, I'm my favorite and what I'm most excited about is bringing multiple vaults from Mac into iOS. Is that through Dropbox or, or how does that sync up? So with, with vaults, each vault has its own sync source. So you can um, sync your primary vault through iCloud if you want. You can sync um, a secondary vault through Dropbox. You can have a shared Dropbox folder and, and sync your vaults there in the shared folder. So for me personally, I've got three vaults. Uh, I've got my personal primary vault that I, I sync through iCloud. I have a vault that I share with my family. It's the family vault that my wife and I and, and even my son share. And I sync that one through a shared folder in my in Dropbox and then we've got, of course, an Agile Bits vault that's uh, shared within. It's actually a director's vault shared with Dave Rustam and myself within the company that's on, again, a different uh, shared Dropbox folder. And so each vault can have its own shared location. What's really nice about it is, you know, we've got that capability on, on Mac today, bringing that to iOS as part of 4.5. And they all just sync together regardless of, of where the source is, where the source file is? Yeah, so the vaults will sync. I mean, the vaults sync independently in the sense that each vault has its own destination. So as you switch to the vault, it will sync automatically with its location. Uh, you'll only obviously have access to the vaults that you've got on, on your iOS, so I could have a different set of vaults than, than somebody else. Um, when you log in with your master password, you then have access to all of the vaults that you've added to iOS. Okay, is this going to be a, a, a free upgrade or a paid upgrade for people that already have 1Password 4? Yeah, so 4.5 will be a, a free upgrade for, to anyone who has 1Password 4 for iOS. All right, and it, I guess since this is already built into the Mac, you know that part of it isn't going to be as greatly updated or upgraded. Yeah, we've got, I mean, Mac continues to be upgraded. We, we continue to, to add features to, to Mac. Um, from a vault side, the vaults on Mac have, have themselves been improved in terms of the switching between them. Uh, you know, one of the things that we added recently, and it's small, but it's pretty nice, is just hotkeys for everything. The ability to switch between, you know, vaults now uh, with a hotkey on Mac is really nice. And so bringing, bringing that capability from the Mac to the iOS side sort of completes a lot of the, the capabilities there. Okay, for people that don't already have 1Password, and why you don't, I could not say, uh, how much is it exactly for the newest version of 1Password? 
So one password for the Mac side is $50. During Mac World, we've got it on special right now at half off. Uh, either through the Mac App Store or through our Agile Bits web store, you can purchase it at, at half price. Um, and you can use it on, it's a user license, so use it on as many, as many Macs as you want. And it's also a, a software purchase. It's not a, a recurring price. It's good for 1Password 4 and all of the 1Password 4 upgrades, you know, all the way up to the next major version. On iOS, it's $18 uh, for the iOS. And again, that's sold through the iTunes App Store. And where can people find out more information about Agile Bits and 1Password? So there's a couple of, of great places to learn about it. You know, obviously the Agile Bits website is, is a, a key place you can come to learn about more. Um, Joe Kissel's got a great book, Taking Control of One Password, as part of his Taking Control series. Um, that talks a lot about 1Password and, and passwords in general. That's another great uh, place to take a look at it. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Okay, I'm here with Jonathan Mose from Antec Mobile Products. I knew I'd get it that third time, or maybe the fourth time. And uh, what at first attracted me to this booth was they have they have two uh, Hackintosh computers set up here, and they are, frankly, just gorgeous, gorgeous machines. And they match up very well with uh, with whatever it is that Apple has, don't they? Oh, yeah. Uh they're, they're a lot of fun. We have a P280. It's a full, uh, actually, it's a full mid-tower uh, running a gigabyte uh, motherboard with Thunderbolt 2.0. So that system uh, is a high-end, meant to go toe-to-toe with the Mac Pro uh, spec-wise. Um, and then we have a smaller system, which is our ISK 600, and it's uh, more value-minded. still has great components, but uh, you can see the price savings uh, you know, with, with this ISK 600. So you basically, you sell the case, you sell the power supply, things along that. And if somebody wanted to build a computer that runs a particular operating system made by a particular company, whose name will not probably be mentioned here in this interview, uh, they can go ahead and do so, and and you guys give them a great start at it. Right, right. I mean, uh, users would come to us, get the the case and the power supply, uh, the cooling fans. Our high-end system is water-cooled. Uh, with one of our self-containing water-cooled units. Um, so, yeah, uh, we would supply the hardware and the stuff that protects all your components, but uh, you would definitely go uh, to other... We have partnerships with Gigabyte, uh, Adata, Patriot Memory, um, and those guys are great. So uh, high-end system here. It runs super fast. One of the, the amazing things was we installed the Mavericks OS on here, um, and it says 23 minutes to install, and it installed the whole operating system in seven minutes. That's that's amazing. But that's not the only products that you guys are talking about here today, is it? No, it's not. Um, so we've been around for, since 1986 uh, with cases and power supplies, but we've been moving into the mobile product uh, arena. And we have wireless Bluetooth speakers uh, and wireless Bluetooth headphones and wireless Bluetooth uh, re- receivers. Uh, our SP-1... Uh, Retails for MSRP price is ninety nine dollars. Uh, Ten hours of battery life, and uh, we have an SP zero, which is a little bit of a smaller speaker. Uh, I think this retails for uh, sixty nine ninety nine. Uh, same battery life, uh, and you can pair it with your cell phone. It has a aux jack on the back, so you could plug in directly if you wanted to to power it up. Um, and, and it's charged through what mini or micro USB? Uh, micro USB. Micro USB. So you know we're kind of getting to the point where 
you know, especially kids in college dorm rooms and all that, they don't need, like, a, a huge stereo system. They don't need racks of their CDs and all the rest of that. They basically keep all of their music on their mobile devices or on their computer, use Bluetooth to send them over to, obviously, better speakers than what they're going to get, uh, either through, you know, their mobile devices or through uh, their computers. And all of this stuff here, I mean, it, it's small, it's compact, and it looks like it looks like it's just a perfect thing, a perfect gift, really, for you know your son or your daughter that that want to listen to their music, kind of either on the go or in their room, and you know they'll get much better sound than they will out of uh, the, the regular speakers that, that come on their devices. Right, right, and the, you know you can take them with you wherever you go. That's the biggest thing. Uh, and we have a pair of headphones here called the SP1. Uh, actually, this is the Pulse, um, and it has. It looks very comfortable. Yeah, very comfortable uh, earpieces, so it just sits right on your head. And uh, the battery life is amazing. Uh, you could also plug this in directly if you wanted to. Uh, there's a cable that comes with that. Um, so it's very flexible. Even if the, the batteries run out, you can still use it as headphones. And the, uh, the Pulse headphones retail for $199. The SP0 for $79.99. I like the two the two little carrying cases there on yeah. the top. That's kind of cool. A strap that goes to the top of it uh, so you can carry uh, you know, well, Like on a head. belt or something. Yeah, or uh, your backpack or anything <laughs> like that. So that's what the SP-0. Uh, and the uh, the bigger one here, the SP-1, retails for $99.99. So if people wanted to find out more information on Antec Mobile Products, where would they go on the web? Yeah, they could go to antecmobileproducts.com. Uh, and we have all the information about all of our mobile products there. Um, we do sell uh, through a lot of different avenues, distribution channels, Amazon, Newegg, Fry's Electronics, Best Buy. Um, so we're, we're a name that uh, people recognize, and uh, that's why we're moving into mobile products. Right, but you don't sell computers that run a particular operating system. Yeah, right. No. Okay, just wanted to make that clear to anybody who was like waiting until the end of the interview to find, oh, yeah, where can I get one of those? You know, what they, they sell you some of the pieces and parts. you got to put the rest of yeah, it together. we don't know so. how that operating system got on there. Uh, no, it, it's a mystery. It is. There. It is a mystery. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thank you. All right, I'm here with Dave Howell from Avatron, Avatron Software. Oh, I knew I was going to mess that up, but I didn't. Way to go. And the app that they're showing today, this is an amazing little thing. Uh, basically, you can take you know, an iPad mini, full-size iPad, whatever it is, use it for an extra screen on your Mac. That's right, yeah. We came out with the app Air Display in 2010. And since then, we've made lots of improvements, and we can support multiple iPads at once. We have an Android version. You can use a Mac or PC as a second monitor for another Mac or PC. It's very flexible in those ways. You can combine them all and have a Mac and a PC and an iPad and an Android device and a phone, all as monitors for your computer. Yeah, I guess the hard part was just figuring out how to, how to connect everything together so that you can still see it. The, the hard part is once you get used to using the touchscreen on your iPad to control your computer... The hard part is avoiding putting your fingers all over your Mac screen, because you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if, if, for people that want those kinds of things, I think there's Microsoft Surface. I don't want them. Uh, uh, how much exactly does this app cost? Uh, the app is $10 for the iPad app, and then the Mac or Windows drivers are free. Okay, so you're basically you're paying for the iOS application, and connectivity to either your Macintosh or Windows is no charge. Right. And so if you've got multiple iOS devices, 
the ten dollars covers all of them, and you can connect up to four of them at once. Yeah, because as I'm looking at this right now, now obviously this is audio, so people can't see what it is I'm seeing here. Uh, you've got Photoshop running, and you've got a bunch of tools over on uh, one of the iPad screens. So you're you're basically just it's just like an extension of, of what you would normally do. Uh, now you're running Mavericks on this particular Mac. Yes. Okay, so full multi-screen capability between the Mac and uh, the iPad that you're using as like an external monitor is all supported. Yeah, you know, in, in Mavericks, Apple came up with some great improvements to the way multiple screens work, and we get all of those for free. You know, some some little glitches in the way it first rolled out, but I think they're all pretty much worked out right now. And so above previous OSs, Mavericks really gives us a much more seamless workflow for multi-monitor users. Yeah, this, this really, really does look cool. I'm going to have to look into this. Uh, I, I appreciate your time. Where can people find more information about your company or the applications that you make? You can go to our, apps, our uh, website, avatron.com, or you can just search for Avatron or Air Display in the app stores. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, I'm here with Hillary from uh, Blue Microphone, and for people that, uh, that may remember the Macworld Expo last year, uh, she was the one that was kind enough to lend me a microphone when I forgot to bring one that would actually work with my iPhone because that's how I sometimes roll. So, Heller, Hillary, God, boy, I'm just getting so tired. Uh, how are things going in the show today? The show is great. There's uh, a lot of people, great energy, and people are very excited about microphones. Yeah. Well, I know I am. So, I see you've got something that looks very, very familiar and interesting at the same time. What is that? So this that we are sneak peeking here for my Mac is Mikey Digital with a lightning connection. So people who may or may not have heard of Mikey, it is a portable microphone that connects directly to, coming soon, lightning, uh, to your iPhone or iPad. Whether you're doing mobile interviews, whether you're doing video, whether you're a student recording a lecture, um, you can now connect this very portable lightweight microphone directly to lightning uh, on iPad or iPhone and get CD quality audio no matter what app, video, or audio. Yep, and it, they all work with, with all the various audio apps that are available in iOS. Because I know that because I've got the older one that's the uh, the, the 30 pin, and it, they, held, they hold up really well, and they sound great, too. Absolutely. Glad you think so. Uh, so, yeah, this Mikey Digital Lightning is very similar to the version that you have. It will just be updated with the Lightning Connector coming out this May. Okay, so if people wanted to find out more about the Blue Mikey, or Blue Microphones in general, where would they go? You would go to Blue Mike, B-L-U-E, like the color, and then M-I-C dot com. Thank you very much. I'm Elisa Paselli. I am with Paul Levine from Rage Software. He is the developer of a new app called EverWeb. What can you tell us about EverWeb, Paul? Well, EverWeb is kind of an iWeb replacement. Uh, so Apple discontinued iWeb, their website builder, a couple years ago. So what we did was we started working on a replacement for it that not only has the features that everyone loves from EverWeb and it's sorry from iWeb and its ease of use, but also has those pro features that people need to build a really great website. For example, things like mobile sites, search engine optimization image sliders, drop-down menus. Pretty much anything you can think of can be done within EverWeb. Okay. 
And is this available on the Mac App Store or from your website? It's available from our website right now at everwebapp.com. It comes in two versions, a version that lets you use it with your existing web hosting service, which costs $80, and a version that you can use that comes with one-click publishing, kind of like Mobile Me. So you click one button, everything gets published online. You don't need to worry about things like server configurations or FTP. Everything just works. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing a review of this, hopefully in the next couple of months. So just keep an eye out on MyMac.com for my review. And anything else you'd like to add to that? Um, just to try it out, check it out. It's the, probably the easiest way that um, for anyone to build a website. There's no coding or anything required. You just drag and drop your way to a website and publish it online. Okay, great. Thanks so much for your time, Paul. Thank you. This is Elisa Paselli. I'm with Brett Falk. He is the Executive Director of Strategic Products at Chorus. Uh, Brett, what would you like to tell us about the Chorus systems? Well, Chorus is a, a new wireless system that uh, doesn't use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. It uses a new wireless technology called SCA, which is from the pro audio uh, market. Much higher performance. There's really no setup or pairing required. Uh, operates uh, anywhere you want. It doesn't, it's not tied to a, net, a fixed network. Uh, you can stream to up to four speakers at a time, up to 65 feet indoors and about 150 feet outdoors. Uh, so really high, high performance, but very, very simple. Uh, no setup preparing. Works with all your apps. Uh, music, also video or games. I can stream the audio for a video if I'm watching something on Netflix, for example, or iTunes. I can stream the audio for the video, and it'll stay in perfect synchronization with the, the on-screen video. And how many different sizes of speakers are there? We have two speakers, the V600 and the V400. The V600, which includes seven integrated speakers and woofers, uh, retails for $399. And the V400 has four speakers built in, uh, retails for $399. And where can people get more information? Uh, check us out at chorussound.com. We're also available at Best Buy Magnolia Design Center stores, Crutchfield, and Worldwide Stereo. Great, great. Thank you. This is Elisa Pacelli. I'm speaking with Lloyd Gladstone from Palm.com. What do you want to tell us about today? I'm here to tell you about the Pocket Plug. It's the world's first case with an integrated charger that plugs right into any outlet. There are plugs that fold flat for portability. You can fit it right in your pocket. It's very portable. But when you need it, when your phone's dead, you just flick up the plugs and you can find an outlet and plug it right in and you're good to go. And there is a micro USB port right here. So if you have a micro USB cord like like the one that we supply in the packaging, you're welcome to use the cord if you're in your car or at your desk. But it's nice to know when you don't have the cord, all you need to do is flick up the plugs and find an outlet, and you're good to go. Are these just for iPhones? So right now it's just for the iPhone 4 and iPhone 5, but later this year we do expect to be rolling out for the Galaxy. And what is the retail price? It retails for $70 for the iPhone 5 version and $60 for the iPhone 4 version. It's available on our website, prong.com, and on Amazon, and select retailers around the country. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, this is Vicky Stokes from Yushin from Obvious. Yeah. Hi, uh, so uh, this is the app that we made. It's called Recall Me. Uh, it's powered by Recognition API. So basically, we're trying to find a better way for people to search their photos in a mobile phone, right? It's so hard to find a photo nowadays because usually traditionally it's organized by time and location. So if I want to show a good friend of mine my photo of Chinchilla, right? I have to scroll and scroll and scroll all the way 
if I'm patient enough, I probably will find it. But usually, I just give up half away. And yeah, that's a that's a hamster. And it's not even yeah, we're all small cats in the company. Yeah. And so what we do is just we simply add a search bar on top of this personal photo collection. And the best part is the person doesn't need to do anything to make the thing searchable. So, for instance, if I just find, I just want to show you right now uh, the photo of Chinchilla. I can just simply type in Chinchilla, and you will automatically find all the photos of my favorite cute cat. Are the pictures labeled? And yeah, that's the best part. So all those photos are automatically labeled by our image recognition algorithm running in Redmond. Wow. Yeah. So we are able to identify the animals, objects, and landmark scenes in the photo. And then the user can just directly search them. It's kind of like Google search. Um, we don't want, we know how much trouble it is to manually tag and generate keywords for the, for the, for the photos, right? Especially when you have a gazillion of them. And in the phone, it's just like impossible to do that. And there's no like folder concept of like in, in, the, in the cell phone, right? So it's so hard. I have a picture of you here at Macworld. It can, you can search on Macworld and all the photos that came from Macworld yeah. and you can find your face. Yeah, exactly. So we can do that and we also have uh, the geo information, like we know, yeah, we, we know the location of this photo is taken for yeah. So if I want to just show exactly like on vacation photos, like, oh, those photos I take in China and just can, you know, filter out and find instantly those photos. Better than trying to let's go through them, scrolling through them or naming every picture that you have. Yeah, yeah. So we do that, we do that automatically. We find the photos for the users and then um, they can just name whatever they want. So we have different categories like drawings, text, cars, sport, nature, and we have actually 2,000 categories underneath that and we use uh, relative word matching like if, if the, the people just type in hat, right? Uh, we will map it to all those like close words like accessory cat and then make sure they will find what they were looking for. Yeah. So we are still in right now in the beta version. We wanted to launch officially very soon in iTunes store and we are improving it, the accuracy and also other like we want to add more like allow the user to define what they want to tag. Uh, they define the events like this photo and yeah, well, right now it's actually available for public beta. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, see, yeah, download it and play with it. And uh, if you would like to try, then you just can go to our website, record.me, and yeah, and download it from there. Okay, so you download it from record.me, and that's your beta version of the product. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Tending to digress or to reply to questions obliquely. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome everyone back to the MyMac.com podcast. Um, like I said, yeah, this show's going to be really long with lots of cats. And <laughs> that's, that, that's what mittens is in case anybody wants to know. <laughs> whose, cat, whose cat was that? Uh, that was one of Tim's cats. Tim's cats, yeah. So, for those of you who don't didn't hear last week's show, go listen to last week's show, and you'll understand the cat reference. Yeah, from Chris Siebel doing a uh, a special <laughs> not Mac news. That was very good. That was so. I was so glad that he did that. 
because I, I really missed him too. I did it for a while, but I, I don't think I did it as well as he did. He had such a great delivery on it. <laughs> it really, really made me. Yeah. yeah. And I have to nod my head at that. Yep. It's it. It's time for Gassy's Tip. Did you hear that Gassy's Tip theme music? No. Oh, you're not. Oh, for whatever reason, you're not hearing my uh, my soundboard. Oh, okay. Well, I wonder if it's recording. <laughs> oh, it is because I can, I can see the the wave file. Okay, in, good, in garage right. Wow, it's time for Mac picks. Well, hey. what I wanted to talk about real real quick. Uh, my tip now, obviously, this is a guy's tip, not a Gaz's tip. Uh, if you're a regular user of GarageBand and especially the newer version, you've probably gone crazy trying to figure out how to kind of craft. The, the sound that you're recording into with a microphone or, or what have you. And it just seems that the, the controls that GarageBand gives you doesn't seem quite as interactive or as responsive as the older version. I know a lot of people haven't even updated to the newer version. Wait, uh, a, a, an Apple program that doesn't, the newer version doesn't work as well as the older version. Yeah, that, I know. Never, that just that, never happens. You know, it's, it's a mind blower. It really, really <laughs> is. Uh, but if you look at, uh, on the bottom of the screen, you bring up the controls, and you'll see the recording level, and it'll ask you about input and whether you want to monitor it, noise gate. And then next to that, there's there's uh, uh, some knobs and dials that you can kind of play around with. But just underneath where it says record level, there's another little box that says audio units. And this is where all of those filters that you used to use in previous versions of oh. GarageBand, this is where they all live now. And all you have to do is click anywhere in there, add your particular filter or effect that you want, and then when you click on it again, it comes up in a separate little window, and you have, as long as you're monitoring whatever track that you're applying the filter or effect to, you can now kind of craft it more like you did in previous versions of GarageBand. Now, that's not to say I didn't, uh, you know, much more like the previous version of GarageBand, the way they did it, because it was, it was just easier. You know, now it's like an extra step that you have to do. It's still there. It is still there. And uh, it, it's just one more thing that, you know, I, I wish Apple hadn't have changed, but they did. So anyway, that's that's the tip this week. And uh, I don't know if Owen's going to hear it, but uh, here's the closing theme. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. Yeah, so you, you you weren't hearing that at all? Not at all. Ugh. But you know, it was recorded in that sound that, you know, that older people can't hear. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this show is running so damn long, uh, Owen, do you have a tip for, or not a tip, do you have a pick for us this week? I, sorry, I do. Um, a tippy pick. And actually, I saw it at Macworld. So um, I have an old program I used to use called Screen Recycler. It, it, so this is a strange thing. I, sitting on my desk right where I am, there's an old iMac G5. Okay, Not really useful for a whole lot of stuff, but it has a great big screen in it. And it always bugged me that I couldn't use the screen. So Screen Recycler, which I was an inexpensive program. It may even be free now. I can't remember. You You put it on your... Mac computer, and it allows a VNC client to connect to your Mac as if it were another monitor. So it just be it fools your computer into thinking it has two monitors, and the other monitor is the the in this case the 
iMac, I mean, the iMac G5 is running VNC. It connects to that computer. Boom, I have two monitors. The problem with it, of course, is it's running over a network. It's VNC. So you can't do anything that moves because it starts to pixelate. And so I was kind of like, well, that's kind of cool, but it, it worked fine, but not great. But this year I saw this company, Avatron Software, it had something called Air Display. And uh, you can get it in the Mac App Store and you can get it for your iPad and you can get it for all sorts of things. And Air Display does the same thing. It basically adds up to four displays on a Mac. And they actually have a Windows version, although it doesn't do four displays yet, but they said that's coming. And the demo he showed is he took his iPad and he just set it next to his Mac and his iPad became a second screen for his Mac. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was cool. That, so it's free on the Mac and it's free on Windows, but it's uh, I think it costs $10 on the iPad. So somebody yeah, jokingly gotta said, be a charge somewhere. Somebody jokingly said three hundred ninety nine for an iPad plus ten dollars. So is an expensive second monitor. It, it <laughs> seems you have one, okay? But I've run it with just two, like my, I've run it on on the two machines I have, like my two laptops, and they became second monitors to each other. And you can do up to four of them. Uh, I thought it was very cool. And the Mac version is still free right now. You can get it on the Mac App Store called Air Display. I was really impressed by this. Actually, the one for I take it back. It's now 19.99 in the Mac App Store, so maybe it was free for a short time. Just, yeah, uh, well, it's got to be a charge somewhere to make it it's work. Still, it's cheap enough for for what it gives you. So for 20 bucks, you can take an older machine. Like it's, it's always been a, a, a gripe of mine that if you buy an iMac, they're gorgeous. They have beautiful displays in them, and then when the computer is no longer powerful enough, you have this big display you can't use, and this lets it work. Now, what makes this thing better than uh, screen recycler is this guy has come up with some incredible compression technology and he displayed a video running full screen on the second monitor across wow. air display and it worked it didn't pixelate it didn't tear it was it was gorgeous and he was doing it on the on the show floor network yeah okay, which which, which was not exactly yeah, the most powerful that's powerful and it was working and so this is just a really cool program. If you if you have old machines or something you don't know what to do with, you can even it can even go from Windows to Mac and Mac to Windows, which is kind of cool. So it adds a second, third, or fourth monitor to uh, your computer. So for me, who I program in Xcode, this is marvelous because I can have my laptop and on my Windows machine I have one screen and on my iMac I have the other screen, and it's just kind of cool. So okay, and that's Air Display. And how much would you say that was nineteen ninety nine in the Mac it's App a, Store? If you in the Mac App Store, it says nineteen ninety nine. Okay, uh, my app pick this week uh, really, really solved uh, an ongoing problem that I've had in San Francisco ever since I started going to the Mac World Expo, and that's finding a cab, especially late at night when you're you're coming back from Cirque du Mac or, or whatever, and there's not a cab to be found anywhere. Yeah, there's, we don't know nothing about cabs in San Francisco. Yeah, there's a um, there's an application that that somebody recommended to me when I first heard about it. It was like, oh, what do I need that for? I'll just get a cab. But then I saw somebody actually use it. I saw Mark Rudd, who was out there at the show, saw him use it, and it was like, oh, I've I've got to get that. And it's called Uber. The cool thing about this app is you are not beholden to uh, any cab company, and God only knows. You know who the driver is going to be, what the condition of the car is going to be. You know, and usually they're awful, by the way. Yeah, especially in San Francisco. There's, there's, yeah, it, it, they have cars that look like yellow cabs, but they're not really yellow cabs. Yeah, <laughs> but what Uber does is 
Uh, you sign up for their service. You give them first name, last name, where you're at, uh, a mobile number, and a credit card. So when you need a car, you start the app, and you can select from like four different types of vehicles to come pick you up, either uh, like a taxi, regular taxi, if you know regular taxis in your area is are signed up for it. Uh, what's called an Uber X, which is usually a relatively small car. Uh, Uber Black, which is more like the the, the, the limousine type, you know, not the right. huge stretch limousines, but like a, a, a black, town cars. like a town car. Yeah. Yeah. Or Uber SUV. If you, you know, have a lot of people or need a lot of room, uh, your request goes out to all the available Uber drivers in the area for the class of car that you're looking for. And the, you know, the driver will click on, okay, I'm going to take this one. And then you'll see right where they are on the built-in map in the app, how close they are, how long it's going to be till they get there, what type of car it is, a picture of the driver. Now, at the same time, they have a picture of you. you that's uh, right. They know exactly where it is that you are based on, on their map in the car. And so they come, they pick you up, you get into the car, they take you wherever it is that you want to go. And then when you get there, you get out of the car. You say, thank you. You get out of the car. You don't give them money. You don't give them a tip. You don't do any of that because all of that is handled via the app. You'll get a little bill telling you how much was given to this particular driver based on, you know, where you started and where you went to. And, uh, all of my experiences thus far with this. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention, you can also rate, the drivers. So when you, and you to, should, by the way, you should, because they rate you too. Right. Right. So if you see a, like a three star or a four star rating for a driver and you see somebody else that has a five star, pick the five star rating instead. And, um, the last time I used it was when I was going to the airport on Saturday night for the, for the red eye flight back to the East coast. And I get into a car with this guy and we almost went off the beaten trail to go get an In-N-Out burger because we started talking about <laughs> In-N-Out burgers. Did you get it? Did you get it? No, because there wasn't, oh. there, you know, number one, there wasn't time. Oh, too bad. And um, I'll put well, one in a package and send it to you. you have to ugh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but he had like little bottles of water in the back and I was going, oh, I've, you know, how much of these waters? And he was like, oh, go ahead, take one. Oh, thanks. So I, you know, I, I had a water. And then when we got to the airport, he was like, well, well, there's another one there. Take that one, too. I know you're going to get thirsty before your flight. And, <laughs> you know, and this is the kind. And, and when you compare that to the typical cab ride where you get in there like, yeah, where you want to go? You know, oh, well, I, I don't go that way because I don't like it. You're going to go the way I want to go, you know. Right. And right. it was such a pleasant experience. And I, they have them in large, you know, Uber works in, in large cities probably all over the world. But I know all over yeah, the Yeah, they're, they're expanding quickly. I do know that. Yeah, and it's and the app is free. Uh, all you have to do is make sure that you have a credit card on file, and absolutely no money is exchanged. You just get in the car, you go where you want to go, you get out, and you're all done. Rate the driver; he rates you. Thirty-five countries. It's in a huge list of cities. I'm just looking. If you go to uber uh, uber slash cities, you can see where it is. I mean, it is growing, expanding incredibly fast. Right. Um, there's a there's another one you probably didn't see that's that's typical San Francisco, which is called Lyft L Y F T. Yeah, I've heard of that. And Lyft, uh, there's a cars showing up with pink mustaches on them. If you wondered what that was, <laughs> and uh, Lyft is a very similar service to Uber, 
Although it's individuals now, anybody can be a Lyft driver. Yeah, so, don't they kind of screen drivers for Uber? Yes, and I think they Lyft also that works in the same way that you get you you rate them, they rate you, and and the rating is very important on both of these because if you uh, are a nasty individual in the car, or you you know you 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 make problems, or you're yelling at the driver, he can say, "Ah, oh, this guy is awful." And then when you try to get a lift the next time, or try to get an Uber the next time, they're going to look and say, well, "This guy is not rated very high," and they may not come get you. Yeah, or they, they just won't accept you for a ride. Yeah, they may let you take a cab because. Uh, and how was the price? Did you think the price was reasonable? The prices were very reasonable. Okay. About you know, the same certainly, cab? certainly, yeah. You know, no more or less than I would have paid for a cab. And the fact that, that they came to me and I didn't have to sit there with my hand up and go, oh, is that cab empty or not? Oh, he's got someone in it. Oh, he's not stopping because he doesn't like the way I look. Or, you know, now, God some, only knows what. I don't know about Uber, but I know on Lyft, some cab drivers are signing up for Lyft. So cab drivers who own their own cars, right? right? So they can go pick you up as a Lyft driver. And I don't know if they do it as Uber or not either. So you might get a cab that shows up. But when we used it, every cab who showed up had a clean cab. They were following the rules of the of the, the sharing company, not the rules of the cab company. You paid the same way you did. So uh, that you see that on the map, what kind of car is coming. It's, yeah. it, they're very cool. I agree with you. These, so, these things. They're anyway, that's the legal issues, but they're very cool. Yeah, that, that's Uber. Uber Technologies. Look it up in iTunes, and you can also find it online. Uber.com. Right? Uber.com. So, yeah, Owen, um, I guess uh, I guess that's about it for this week. That's, yeah, much too much already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm not, nowhere. Oh, Ruben. Um, am I O'Ruben at MyMac.com is the easiest way. Uh, I'm Owen Rubin on uh, Facebook, and uh, I think I'm O Rubin on Twitter as well. Okay, I think I'm about. I think I'm O Rubin at just about everything. Yeah, uh, O Rubin at uh, CompuServe.com. I probably had a CIS O Rubin. <laughs> I think I'm Owen R at AOL.com uh, because I was at AOL. I was working with AOL before it was AOL, so it used to be called Quantum Link. So okay. I actually got my name Owen R which was unusual. Uh, but I think when I started, I started doing O'Ruben at whenever a new email system would come up, I would just go grab that. As quickly uh, as you could. The only one I didn't get was Hotmail because someone had already got it before I got there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at guy at mymac.com. I am on the Twitters at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Mac Parrot. Mac that Parrot. That's what Gaz usually does. Uh, you can also oh, reach <laughs> you can reach Gaz and me at uh, twitter.com forward slash uh, guy and Gaz. You can let fearless leader, leader Tim know what a terrible mistake he made by ever turning this podcast over to Gaz <laughs> and me at feedback at mymac.com. And Owen, we have a a a oft used or not oft used. Well, well before you go there, number. I just want to say thanks. To Gaz for taking his holiday and letting me play. Thank, thank you, Gaz. Take a holiday anytime you like. I'm happy to step in and not be you. <laughs> and you our our, um, our Skype number is 703-436-9501. Many thanks to Otherworld Computing for sponsoring the uh, the MyMac.com podcast. Now, next week, we will hopefully, unless something else happens, and God only knows, uh, we will be announcing the winners of the uh, 500th MyMac.com podcast uh, nah. bumper contest. 
bumper contest. What did I say? Contest? Contest. The, the yeah. contest. That's just like a contest, but with an A. Right, right. <laughs> right. And I'm sure it'll be flagged if I ever wrote it that way. And so, you know, um, thanks to all of you for downloading the, the MyMac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. And we, we hope you keep doing it for as long as Gaz and I keep doing the show. And, and tell us what you like and don't like. Leave a review. Cause, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. iTunes reviews we make this, are As you can so tell, important. we make this stuff up as we go along. Pretty so. much. Pretty much. <laughs> and if you do an iTunes review, make sure you send me an email to Guy at MyMac.com. And I will send you something that is so wonderful, so rare, so glorious that only a few people have ever seen it. And that is now, a Woody. Now I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, did I ever send you a Woody? No. <laughs> I will have to send you a Woody, for being, especially for being on the show as many times as you have. Well, it, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, it's, and, it's, and until the next time I can get on the show, I will be standing by to stand by. <laughs> and you know what, Owen? I think that this is the best show that I've ever done without gas. Uh, and that I'm good enough sometimes without Gaz, smart enough, meh, eh. and eh, and got it. People, people like me. And you know what we usually we say do. here at the end? Just end. Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network. Like Four Pigs, The Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies. Oh, I did the, um, I, I tried the, the whole live thing yesterday. Yeah, well, how'd that go? I saw Un, your unmitigated disaster. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. <laughs> well, that. what what was going on was I it, I was getting like um, uh, all kinds of echoes, and it was coming across through Nicecast and. Uh, you get calls uh, on calls? Is that? I thought the other thing I thought might be happening. Uh, well, no, it was it was just like you'd hear my voice, and like maybe an eighth of a second later, you'd hear it again. So, but it was a definite echo. Oh man! Okay. And oh, that was just so annoying. Mittens, come here, mittens, yeah, mittens. That'll work. <laughs> I didn't hear this. Oh, you're going to put it in later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, and and we're doing we're doing the first segment and the last segment today. And okay. in the middle, I'm going to throw in because there's a, there's a ton of those MacWorld interviews that I still okay. haven't gotten to. And I would have done it last week, but we had the whole show 500 thing. No, on. that last week worked out well. I thought yeah, you guys it did. Could've... I'm on that one. I was really enjoying that. And then when I heard you say the thing about Gus, I, just yeah, about, I couldn't. I couldn't remember the circumstance. And we'll, we'll actually that don't. That, uh, 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 we'll talk about it. We'll talk okay. about it when we get started. Okay.
Yeah, it's our cat will do that when it's eat, used to do that when it's eating. Or when you surprise it and you pet it and then it's a little surprised, it'll go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I it's just hit record again for, and I'll probably use some of this in the after show. Go uh, run through those cat noises again and, and explain what they are. Normal, <laughs> old, <laughs> angry, <laughs> really Kitty. angry. Kitty, curious, <laughs> purr, <laughs> cute, <laughs> cute too, <laughs> and happy. That one's far away. I don't like the last one. It's too far away. Well, you know, you, you can imagine trying to take a cat into a recording studio. I know. <laughs> and then it's always that way. We used to try to record our <laughs> cat meow. And it would meow like crazy. And then you'd put the iPhone down in front of it. And it would just stop making noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, uh, you know what? I'm not performing for you. Screw you. How come this thing that says it's got all these sounds is not making any sounds? Are you ready to get started on this thing? Yeah. Whenever you're ready. <clears throat> Okay, I'll bring you soon. I have no idea how this works. <laughs> 